Hey there, welcome to the special edition of Thursday Eye. This special episode is featuring an interview with Noose Research, a group of folks who fine-tune open-source large language models to make them better. You will hear from Karin, Technium, LBJ from Noose, and Enrico who worked alongside them. To clarify, Enrico is going in-depth into the method called rope scaling, which is a clever hack that extends the context length of a llama model significantly, and his project Longma, which is an extended version of Llama with 8,000 token context window. The first voice you will hear is Alex Volkoff, the host of Thursday. Alex has asked me to clarify that he doesn't actually have a lisp. He was rugged by his microphone. With that, enjoy this special episode and follow Noose Research. They are doing great things. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, so I guess with this, maybe, uh, Karin, if you, if you are able to, can you... Um... You talk about news research and how kind of how it started and what the <laughs> what are you guys doing and then we'll dive into the actual kind of you know Hermes and and Puffin and the methods and and uh, all of it. Absolutely, um, uh, news research. I mean, I I myself and many other of us are just like enthusiasts that were fine tuning models since like you know GPTJ or GPT two. Um, and, you know, we all are on Twitter, we're all on Discord and kind of just found each other and had this uh, same mentality of um, we want to we want to make these models. We want to kind of take the power back from people like OpenAI and Anthropic. We want stuff to be able to run uh, easy for everyone. Uh, and a lot of like minds started to show up. I think that um, Technium's uh, addition initially to news research, him kind of showing up. Uh, and himself, I, and human working on compiling the uh, Hermes data set was really uh, what came to attract people when Hermes came out. Uh, I think we just have a really strong and robust like data curation thesis uh, in terms of that. And I think that uh, we have just some of the most talented people who have come to join us and just volunteer and work with us on stuff. And I absolutely must say, I can see in the, in the uh, listeners is our compute provider, Redmond AI. And, um, you know, none of this, none of these models would be possible without Redmond's generous sponsorship uh, for us to be able to deliver these things lightning fast, you know, without making us jump through a bunch of hoops, just uh, a total, total pleasure to work with. So uh, I would, I have to show and say, you know, I highly recommend everyone check out Redmond as well, because they really make our project possible. Absolutely. So shout out to Redmond AI and folks, give them a follow. They're the the only square <laughs> avatar in the audience. Uh, go check them out. Uh, and uh, Karen, thanks for that. Uh, I want to just uh, do a mic check for Technium. Technium, can you speak now? Can you? Can I hear you? Yeah, my phone died right when you were introducing me uh, earlier. Yeah, What's up, everyone? happens uh, sometimes on Twitter spaces. Welcome, Technium. Uh, so uh, briefly, going back to the previous question, I don't know if you heard it. Um, what besides the commercial and kind of the, the context window? What kind of uh, caught your eye in the llama, at least the base release, uh, until you guys started? Or have you also, like the other guys, not had a second to play with the base model and dove into fine tuning directly? Oh uh, yeah, the only thing that really caught my eye was the chat model and how horribly RLHF it was. Yeah, I've seen some conversations about this and kind of the point of RLHF as well. Um, and okay, so so now that we've introduced now news research, sorry, um, uh, I want to talk to you guys about what you guys are cooking, right? So we've seen the the Hermes uh, model before. Uh, this was like allowed it as one of the you know the best fine tunes that I've seen at least, and the the, the most performing ones. 
Could you guys talk about the process to get to the Hermes model, the previous one, and then give us hints about what's coming soon? Uh, Technium, you got this one, man. <laughs> uh, yeah, it was basically I saw Alpaca and uh, I wanted to make it, like remake it with GPT-4, and then from there I just pretty much exclusively included anything that was GPT-4 only. And that was the beginning of the thesis for that. Um, going forward, though, uh, we still have a lot of low-quality data, I think, in Hermes data set that can be cleaned out. And then there's a lot of new data sets that have come out that I want to start merging into there. I also want to move to something like ChatML or even Vicuna format so that we can do some multi-turn stuff. It's not very great at long chats. Yeah, um, within within the uh, Hermes data set, you know, a lot of it is publicly available stuff that's particularly GPT-4. Uh, of course, Technium's massive GPT teacher data set. Um, we also have a bunch of GPT-4 data we had generated um, that we didn't release necessarily just yet, as well as uh, an instruction set that's particularly focused on tasks like um, uh, Python, transformers, linguistics, very small uh, data set of that that's inside Hermes that you know we don't really talk about much but figure that we'll put some exposure to right now on the spaces and uh, uh, yeah that's awesome and so the previous Hermes was released on top of Llama 1 and for many folks you know obviously they couldn't use this for different uh, uh, commercial points and now that this model released uh, what the models that you guys released how are you thinking about the license of them uh, and could you talk about like the availability of folks using them in commercial settings now that you know the, the back of it is, is commercially available? I think we have Puffin licensed as MIT. I'll have to <laughs> double check on our own uh, own model. I think that's right, Kern, right? Or Tech? Yeah, I think so. Either that or Apache 2.0. Like, if if the base model is commercially usable, you know the stuff we put out. It's, you're good to go. It's, yeah. So, yeah. And like in our announcements, I put in kind of, you know, one of the main things it's, it's commercially available. Like the first news, as far I think, it, yeah, I'm pretty sure it's the first commercially available news model that's released. And a big differentiator from Hermes is the fact that like tech was saying, Hermes is pretty much all single turn data. Um, and it surprisingly can do actually like pretty decent at multi-turn conversations when you actually use it. But then Puffin is almost kind of like a 180 where it's a vast majority of really long context multi-turn data. And, oh, I think, uh, can you guys yeah, hear yourself? Yeah, I can hear Okay, it's just something's up with the app. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Puffin is a vast majority multi-turn data, GPT-4 specifically. And a lot of it is actually real human conversations with GPT-4 that go on for some of them 4K context, 6K context, like even all the way up to the max 8K context length of GPT-4. And then we took those few thousand conversations of real humans interacting with GPT-4. And now after that, um, I'm not sure if you've, a lot of people probably heard of Camel AI. So they have the physics, biology, chemistry, and mathematics data set. And then within those, there's a bunch of subtopics that you can curate through. And I just pretty much spent a good few days curating, just handpicking the right subtopics, like differential geometry, uh, logic 
problems, optimization problems, a bunch of different GPT-4 examples and responses from those different subtopics. And then I specifically added those in certain ways to the Puffin data set. Awesome. So just, just briefly for the audience, maybe the Puffin model that I think the official name is the Redmond Puffin 7B or sorry, 13B. Um, uh, yes. this, is, this is the model that you guys fine-tune and one of the first, if maybe not the first fine-tune of Llama V2 that's now publicly available, like you said, maybe with MIT license on Hagen Paste. And I think you even uh, added the GGML quantized version, correct? Mm -hmm. and so, and yep. so folks can, can go and download that and, and already start playing with this. And uh, so first of all, thank you for contributing to the open source. That's great to see. And the speed with which you guys find tune this is also great to see. And uh, maybe uh, now that we've introduced this, um, maybe this is like repeating a bit. So could you speak about the, the difference? So the difference is in the data set, in the task that you fine tune, like what is the actual difference between uh, the Hermes or the Hermes that's coming out and the Puffin models? What would people use them for differently? If that makes sense, that's a question. Uh, the Puffin model will definitely be better at multi-turn stuff, that's for sure. Yeah. So if you want to do anything like OpenAI. I'll, I'll paste the link above for the GGML version of it because I, I really, I'm going to test it thoroughly, but I, I really think because you guys have used GPT-4 high-quality multi-turn uh, conversations, then this can have actual like practical use for whoever else wants to use it, either as like something that tells you about the documentation on the site or walks a user through. In other words, this should be better than Hermes then in, for like customer service stuff. Which is just one example. Uh, anyway, yeah, I'm gonna, I'm gonna try. I'll I'll paste the the link above. Mm -hmm. It's it's likely better for uh, production use uh, alongside like uh, stuff that you have with like a retrieval pipeline, like with LangChain, etc. Like I, I would believe that uh, without testing it, you know, or just talking, of course. But um, you know, there is. Even though, you know, with this Lima technique of, of small examples, we can get like a, a really good, really good model that does really well. Um, the thing about Hermes data set and just its size and the various types of uh, data and topics that are in there, uh, I think you get a totally different uh, like role play or uh, storytelling experience um, or completion experience with Hermes. Personally, I feel that way. Awesome. So, and that. Another thing about Puffin data set is that it does go up to like 8K and uh, Enrico here has been doing a ton of work on extending Llama's context. Right, so I want to I give an introduction and then introduce Enrico and, and talk about this real quick, sorry. Uh, uh, Llama version 1 was released with, again, 2,000 2, um, tokens in the context window. And then uh, many folks, including Kayo, Ken, Dev, uh, and Emozilla, uh, right, and, and some other folks, I think, uh, were involved in bringing some of the quote-unquote tricks about uh, what eventually ended up uh, being named rope scaling, if I'm if I'm not mistaken. And we followed this, and we've talked about it previously in Thursday I. Uh, and Llama V2 was released with 4,000 uh, um, tokens in the contact window. And, uh, you know, we're now so used to kind of Claude and the 16K uh, GPT-3 that uh, four didn't seem like a lot. 
And then uh, many folks were wondering, and meanwhile, Enrico was working, whether or not the rope scaling method would apply to the next llama and looked like it did. And so I want to introduce Enrico. Uh, Enrico, people, I hope I'm saying this right. Uh, welcome to the stage. Hopefully you can unmute and, and the space works with you. Uh, and uh, the second pintum that I saw was also back with now, uh, news research. Uh, and this was the extended uh, version, what's called Longma. So, uh, Enrico, welcome to the stage, and feel free to introduce yourself, uh, your affiliation with News and uh, Longma, with with the contact window. Hello. So, I'm actually an independent researcher. Uh, I'm sponsored by Stability AI, Luther AI, and a few other different organizations, including uh, News Now. Awesome. I work with different people like uh, Tanishkrum Medark, Aaron Komatsuzaki, who also is from Lutheran Duck AI, uh, John Ney from Nomos AI. So I, I, have a, I have a lot of affiliation with a bunch of different organizations, including together. We're starting a project right now with them. That's, that's so great to hear. And so welcome to Thursday AI. Welcome to the stage. Uh, and can you talk to us a little bit about kind of the rope scaling uh, method and, and how... How were you able to like find them like this quickly, and uh, how the results look so far? I wasn't able to run this myself, uh, but hopefully, uh, yeah. Talk to us about Longma. Okay, so initially, uh, the, the thing is, I actually was hoping that both Emozilla, uh, Bowen, and uh, Kyle Kendev would have been able to make it because it was kind of like a equal parts effort on like all fronts from each of us. Uh, initially, I had trained some pathways models at 8,000 context length about four months ago based on the exposition paper, which did rotary embedding scaling initially. They were one of the first people who did it. They based their methodology off of Ophir Press's alibi. I would imagine that most people are pretty familiar with Overpress and his work on the alibi positional bias that's been used in a wide range of models now. So Emozilla and I came into contact based off of the work that he had seen me doing with the Palm models, scaling those to 8,000 context length pre-training, not fine-tuning. So what we had uh, initially done is basically take a section of C4 and different data sets that had examples that were all over 8,000 context length and pre-trained on them, uh, packed together with a beginning of string and end of string uh, token to help with like the attention masking portion of that. After he had seen that, uh, Emozilla actually became into contact with Kaiko and uh, Dev, I believe Kaioken Dev is how you pronounce it. Kaiokendev had also been following Ophir Press's research. He had started working on his own version of scaling the rotary embeddings, I believe based off of both alibi and exposition. And what he found is that by scaling the max position embeddings and the rotary embedding from something like uh, 2048, which you would initially train with, he scaled it up to 8000 or 8192. And he found that by applying like an interpolation to the encoding by scaling basically like the, the positional index in the rotary embedding that you were able to essentially turn down the frequency window in rope by like a factor of 
0.25. Uh, the scaling depends on the length that you're trying to extrapolate to and the initial context length that the model was trained with. So if you were training with LAMA2, which had an initial context window of 4096, and you wanted to do the linear interpolation positional scaling to something like 8192, then you would use a scaling factor of 0 0.5. If you were trying to do it from 2048, which is what the original LAMA was trained with, and you wanted to scale it to 8192, then you would use a scaling factor of 0 0.25. So basically, uh, after we had done all of this, Meta had released a paper around the same time that Kyokin Dev had released his blog, uh, they both found very similar findings. They had shown in the meta paper that you only had to fine tune for 1000 steps with the linear positional uh, interpolation scaling to be able to get the benefit of doing a full pre-train at a, a context window of 8192. So this is actually like a, a big step because it shows that you no longer need to pre-train right off the bat at a longer context length, that you're able to do the fine-tuning on essentially a, a lower resource, like computational budget, and still be able to get the like greater results of the longer context window. Uh, I know a lot of the major... AI companies had been doing, just for my work and, and personal research with many of them, had been doing staged scaling uh, of the context window during training. So they would pre-train, basically when pre-training, they would separate the initial examples from a data set into multiple stages. So anything that is under uh, the window of 2048, you'd separate from the initial data set. Then you take things between 2048 and 4096, and then 4096 and 8192, and you would basically chunk the data sets into those different parts. You'd first initially train on the 2048 uh, chunk of the data. Then you would train on the data between 2048 and uh, 4096, and then you would do the same thing from 4096 to 8192, or if you want to scale that to 16K or 32K context length. But what we have shown now with both the meta paper and this, that you don't even need to go through that uh, extensive pre-training and staged process. Mm -hmm. You can just go from a context length of 2048 to 8192, scale the rotary embeddings by whatever type of factor that you want to use. So like I was saying, if you're going from 2048 to 8192, you'd be using a scaling factor of 0 0.25. Yeah. It only needs two lines of code to be able to do that. Uh, in the Longma post, I had provided an example of scaling the rotary embeddings. The, the code was written by Emozilla or Jeff. We also came into contact with, after all these experiments were done, came into contact with Bowen, who had worked a lot about the dynamic NTK scaling with Emozilla, and he had also done uh, NTK by parts, which we're, we're currently training a lot of models on. So we had the Longma 1 models trained on the Open Llama series, like the suite of those models that use the linear interpolation scaling. We now have the Llama 2 models, or the Longma 2 suite, which is what we're calling it, uh, again, trained on the linear interpolation scaling. And then we have another 
suite of models coming out very soon that uses the the NDK by parts dynamic scaling uh, that was really specialized by Bowen. So I do not want to speak on his behalf. Uh, it, it'd probably be good to get him to talk about it in another one of these. Absolutely. So uh, let's get in touch with this and, and, and set it up. So uh, thank you for the uh, very in-depth kind of explanation because we did cover the the kind of the rope killing and how <laughs> Kayo can in the image boards or Reddit or whatever he started this in his blog post and then uh, how it's going to rotate it. Uh, so th- it's great to, to actually hear from the folks who are doing this. Uh, I just for the audience, uh, I've uh, um, attached uh, Enrico's uh, uh, tweet about Longma 2, uh, which is now currently trained at AK contact length. And Enrico, you told us that we may see even double from this. So could you speak about the next uh, the next version? Okay, so the the initial training process of doing this up to a context like length of eight thousand one ninety two can be do with be done basically with deep speed zero two and activation checkpointing, and you're able to fit the model on a one hundred eighty gigabyte node. Now we are working on the process of scaling it both to sixteen k and thirty two k. This requires uh, a different methodology during training. You either need to use Deep Speed 03 or uh, fully sharded data parallelism. Both of those are, are very similar for people who aren't aware. Basically, you're just sharding the optimizer states. Uh, it models states across like different nodes. You can also use things like tensor parallelism to help with the scaling as well. And then we're going to be basically just adjusting the scaling factor again collecting a large uh, we've already collected a large quantity of data at 16k context length and we're going to be doing the fine tuning to 16k and be releasing those models soon uh, all of this uh, computing is sponsored by stability ai they've been very generous with helping with a lot of the independent research that uh so i want to shout out stability ai for not only given you know the world stability diffusion we're also participating in this kind of next wave of AI. Um, many folks kind of coined the stability AI moment when they released uh, Stable Diffusion, I want to say 1.4 back then, uh, almost a year ago now. And uh, many folks are saying the same about the Llama 2 release. Now that it's commercially open source and, and folks can start like doing things uh, for, you know, for profit, companies can join. Uh, so we definitely want to shout out stability for, for the effort here. Uh, Enrico, thank you. And uh, folks, please follow Enrico and, and uh, we'll stay tuned. I want to ask uh, Karan and, and Tignium uh, and other folks from news, um, the efforts that, that Enrico is talking about, uh, the longer context windows, how would they kind of interplay with the stuff that you're working on with Hermes, with, with Puffin? Are, are kind of the efforts interchangeable? Are we going to see building on top of each other? So... Um, uh, I think LDJ can definitely speak to this, but I'd like to happily say that once we did Longmo 1 on uh, the first Llama generation of models, uh, we already had Puffin 2K, 4K, and 8K for that yep. already prepared and ready. So uh, as the Longmo models for 13B are released, we will also be doing equivalent Puffin fine-tunes and um, potentially Hermes fine-tunes. Uh, we can talk a little bit more about the future of Hermes at a, a little bit later, though. 
Yeah, I mean, I was pretty much going to say the same thing, but kind of elaborate on that about how before when Longma V1 and everything and during the, the development of Longma, uh, there was actually like, you know, of course, me, uh, Enrico, who I usually just called Concepts of Mind, <laughs> and uh, and Emozilla, like we've all kind of like been butting shoulders a lot together and uh, just kind of working closely, you know, in the same Discord and whatnot. And it's like, hey, like, you know, working on this, like, experimental long with thing, like, hey, you want to try, like, fine-tuning? And then the plan just kind of ended up being, like, okay, just going to have this Puffin thing that Puffin dataset is already containing a ton of high-context conversational data from GPT-4 and, like, human high-quality data. So it's, like, it's, like, the perfect fit to have something that's high-context capable be fine-tuned on that. And then <laughs> Llama 2 came out, and it's like, oh, yeah, let's let's get this out ASAP, and then we'll figure out what we're going to do later. Yeah. Great. And it's just great to see, you know, how many opportunities like this were with open source and the stuff that we're able to now run and going to iterate on uh, are building on top of each other. They're just incredible, and uh, this is maybe a watershed moment. And I, I want to thank all of you for being here. I want to kind of let the other folks who usually here on Thursday, I maybe ask you a question or two for news research. Uh, Yam and Nistan, if you if you have a question for news or for uh, Enrico, go ahead. I will say, Yam, <laughs> I know you, if you ask about some super technical stuff and the audience will like, it will fly over their heads. I, I will introduce you in the DM with LDJ and, and Enrico. But uh, yeah, for, for the stuff that we haven't covered and interesting stuff on news, uh, feel free uh, as it pertains to Lama 2 is going to be very interesting, I think, for everyone. Just to quickly clarify, you guys fine-tuned the plane model, right? Not the chat one. Um, yep. Okay. Yep, the base model. <laughs> we wouldn't fine-tune that model, the chat one at all. Actually, to, to, yeah, to maybe continue this uh, story around for interrupting just one sec, uh, to continue this question, uh, the, there were models um, that were released by Meta, and you had to like register and get the email and everything, and then they put some stuff on Hugging Face, and then the, uh, the those models were delineated with like dash HF, um, have you guys used the hug and paste one or the meta one? And do you guys know the difference? I saw somebody that like maybe it doesn't work as well in Transformers. Um, yeah, the one on hugging face is uh, an FP16 and the original Llama 2 models and BF16. But uh, we tested the difference between the two models uh, at Carper. And there's such a negligible difference in their quality that it's irrelevant, but we trained on the Hugging Face FP16 ones, but in BF16. Awesome. Sorry, uh, Grant, for interrupting. Uh, go ahead. No, all good. Uh, uh, I totally forgot what it was. Okay. Nistan, if you have a question for Quran uh, to follow up, feel free. And uh, and if not, then Yam, if you have anything that you want to ask the, the fine folks from news, uh, feel, feel free as well. Yeah, sure. Uh, first, thank you for what you're doing, guys. Uh, you're really making a difference for anyone. There aren't many demos online, so anyone that didn't try Hermes, uh, I highly encourage you to try. Uh, I don't know why there aren't uh, demos. Okay, I know why there aren't demos. It costs money, but just try it, okay? And now uh, I got a question because... Uh, from my experience, uh, if you train uh, uh, on the open data sets uh, of Hermes, um, you get a significantly uh, uh, less quality of a model. 
No, no, I'm fine. I'm fine if you don't release data sets. Don't, don't get me wrong. Just, I wanted to ask, is there anything else uh, besides the data that is different? Uh, what, what tips can you give for, I don't know, someone else that wants to train high quality model besides having high quality data? Everyone understands this. Um, yeah. yeah, the hyperparameters can make a huge difference. The LDJ knows very well because we had to do a ton of different uh, tests on hyperparameters for Puffin model. But uh, I'm not sure if those are on the model card for Hermes. If they're not, I can put them on. And Karen or Karen can probably uh, talk about the uh, new data sets that weren't made public. Yeah, we've got like maybe around like 50k items of data, like versus like total 300k instructions in there uh, that are uh, not released. And to be frank with you, about 45k of them is just more. GPT-4, like alpaca-style instructions. Um, the 5,000 or so, the, like 4,500 of them uh, compose this data set we have, we've been working on that, um, you know, I'm, I, at this point, I'm pretty comfortable talking about, uh, we call it the P-Dactyl data set. Uh, I won't speak on everything that's in it, but uh, essentially, and I don't know if this is the thing that made the big difference, but it's like, the, the one place where I guess you deviate from just using the open data sets and more GPT-4 instructions, but uh, um, it's got some transformers instructions, some linguistics instructions, some calculus one instructions, etc. Um, it seems to be pretty good. Also, Yam, uh, do you have uh, links or anything to the models that tried it with just the makeup of the data sets that... Um, were public from Hermes? Because I haven't actually seen that before. Again, again, can you repeat that? I didn't hear. Do you have any links to the models that trained with just the open data sets from Hermes uh, that you could share with me later? No, no, it's just, it's just from my experiments uh, oh, okay. uh, on training, uh, pretty much following uh, uh, the same idea of let's take only GPT-4 uh, from all the open data sets. Um, the, the model that you get is, is different. For sure, and, and it might be the hyperparameters, you know. Uh, uh, another thing that we did too is pretty extensive, uh, like cleaning. We did deduplication. De we removed things like uh, URL, like any response that had a URL in it. We removed in case it was going to give like hallucinated URLs. Um, we did a set of like maybe eight different filtering processes too that might uh, mm -hmm. have made our data quality higher. So, as an AI language model. For anybody, for anybody in the audience, that hyperparameters are, are just like the settings in the oven. So it, it looks here like the ingredients were all okay, but Yum messed something up in before setting it to cook and yeah. just came out yeah. half-baked at the model. So we're going to have to check that out. Yeah, I'm a big proponent yeah. personally of hyperparameter optimization being underrated right now, like in yeah. the current space. And that's something I've kind of focused on a lot specifically for things like Puffin and just trying to help others around in use and stuff, like trying to optimize what they're doing. And even just something like like what you just said about the settings for the oven, I mean, double the amount of time you're putting something in the oven and it's not going to come out twice as good. It's not even going to come out 10% as good. It's going to come worse, you know? 
and all depends yeah. like what is your baseline for how how much time you're putting it in the oven and all these different variables that kind of are dependent on each other and affect each other so it's definitely something you kind of have to build an intuition about at, to some degree and then the other end is really i feel like there has to be more investment and more time and energy invested into actual tools that make hyperparameter optimization easier for people that are doing these things yeah yeah the thing is that the models are, are really big uh, so it's really expensive to run them so you have uh you have a trade-off of how many, uh, how much yeah, compute are you investing in searching hyperparameters, uh, rather than uh, actually using it for training. But but I completely agree. So uh, one one last question, actually, too. Uh, actually, one thing before we go on. Uh, something great about the Puffin data set is that it's just like three thousand or so examples, I believe, and so it makes tuning a lot less expensive because you can finish the whole training in just a couple of hours. So, mm -hmm. like with Hermes. If we wanted to try full ablations and dozens of them, it would take weeks and weeks to do. Yeah. Yeah. Well, to be fair, it's not like it only takes a couple hours on one GPU. We use eight A100s, 80 gigabytes. So, <laughs> yeah. yeah. Courtesy of Redmond. Thank you, Redmond. <laughs> I should also probably clarify that when doing the context length extrapolation, we're doing it on 1 billion tokens and 64 80 gigabyte A100s. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah, I was getting overexcited. All right, folks, I want to uh, yeah, yeah. maybe maybe ask around just one last thing and we'll move on to the, the, the regular Thursday I update kind of cadence. But yeah. I will say that, like, folks from News Research and Enrico and, and some other folks here, thank you so much for coming up and giving us kind of the insights into how this actually happens. Llama 2 just released, you know, a few days ago, and you guys are already pumping out, like, open source fine-tuned models, and it's great to see. And just so you know, there's always a stage for you here to come in and, and announce things and <clears throat> if you do want to announce like a release or something maybe just you know right now uh Karan and, and technium and some folks i would love to hear about like what when the next hermes is is coming uh before we say that i just would like to clarify something about hermes um so we have uh, the original hermes data set on llama 2 as something that we will release but also a sequel to the hermes data set hermes 2 uh, there will be a distinction between these two, and you'll see you'll see the, the the prior come out first, and the latter come out after. But as for release, etc., I will absolutely let Technium uh, take the stage with those final words. <laughs> uh, so the training is nearly done. At least uh, it was about two point eight epochs out of three a few hours ago. So it might be done already. Um, before I release it, though, uh, unlike. Puffin, I didn't, we wanted to get Puffin out like same day that Llama 2 came out. So we didn't run any benchmarks and uh, we had to put all the compute we had on Hermes immediately after we were done with that. So we don't have any compute to do any benchmarks or Puffin until Hermes is done. But uh, before I release Hermes, I do want to do like a full range of benchmarks and stuff like that to make sure everything's good and have uh, a pretty detailed model card. But that should probably only take the rest of tonight at the most. So probably tomorrow morning would be when Hermes comes out. That's awesome, folks. And you, you heard it here first. And definitely follow Technium, Karan, Enrico, LDJ, and the rest of like news research folks. Uh, and stay tuned. Uh, Enrico, go ahead. Yes, I just wanted to, to piggyback off of uh, Technium's comment a little bit. So we did do pretty extensive evaluation of the Llama 2 AK models. 
We had run different things on perplexity uh, using GovReport and uh, a couple different other data sets to make sure that the length extrapolation and the context was working properly. We did passkey retrieval. We also did a lot of extensive human evaluation, which took a little bit. Uh, I had wanted to get the Llama 2 AK models out yesterday, but we decided to push it back one day. And what we were doing is we were feeding it research papers and seeing if it could pull out even like relevant pieces of information from the context length. And so far, it has been quite successful. So uh, we're, we're still running more evals, but the ones so far have shown that there's been like no performance degradation, no matter what context length that you're basically using uh, with these extended models. That sounds great, and and uh, now that this this you know long mice out, and the next versions are going to come out as well. I'm sure that some other folks will also con contribute to this research and tell you like from their own experiences and vibes. Uh, so yeah, I want to thank folks again. Uh, this has been very illuminating, and and very glad to have you. And obviously, the stage is yours whenever you want to come here, and we appreciate you. And you guys are welcome to stay uh, tuned and kind of chime into the rest of the updates. And with that, I think for folks in the audience. We're moving to the next 